G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Vision Christian Radio is all about connecting faith to life. From inspiring stories about the struggles we all face, to helping you understand the issues going on in the world, to clear and understandable Bible teaching, all peppered with great Christian music, the latest news, and even a few laughs along the way. You're about to experience just a small part of what we do. For the full experience, tune into a Vision Christian Radio FM or AM station near you. Listen online at visionradio.org.au or download our free app. Our special guest this hour is Phil Smith, formerly an ABC radio personality in Queensland, now a community pastor of a church called Bell's Church on the Sunshine Coast in that beautiful place called Caloundra. And also campus minister at the Unity College in Caloundra. Hello, Phil Smith. Welcome along to 2020. G'day, Neil. Good to be here. Thank you. And Phil, I just should say, you've just been up uh, talking with our staff meeting upstairs from where we are here, and uh, I know you were sharing some things with them. What sort of things were you were you talking to our staff about? Well, I think one of the things that, uh, that always amazes me about Vision Radio is that as a national network, uh, we speak into so many different parts of this country. And often in radio, I think perhaps as in Christian life, we're good at speaking. I wonder if we're needing to learn about listening and how it is that we might be listening to other people's stories and hearing in that what God's Holy Spirit is doing in the lives of people around the country in their peculiar and particular circumstances, God at work in people's lives. And I was particularly stoked to uh, some of the uh, letters that Phil shared. People write into you and they say, I want to thank you for X. Uh, I just want to tell you this is what's been happening in my life. And I think to myself, Wow, how is it where my story and your story intersect with the big story of God and we belong together as God's people in some fabulous way that goes over time and space and whatever else? Yeah, I I think that's exciting. You know, we are a part of this big story of God, aren't we? And there is a sense in which when we find ourselves uh, having gone through an encounter with Jesus, we become Christian, we become attuned to the things of God, then we link with some others, and perhaps that's in our local church, or it could be a small group, but we link with others, and then we, in some respects, find out how we fit into the big story of God. This is one of the big challenges that some oh, people have. It is, and I think one of the, the, the biggest mistakes that we've made in a Western society in the last few decades is this incredible individualism. And we talk about being a self-made person and we talk about my success and we, you know, it comes particularly from an American perspective. There's this rugged individualism. The Bible knows nothing of that. From the very beginning, what does God do? God calls a community of people. He creates humankind. Out of Egypt, he calls the people of God. And he sets them in a place to be a community. And he says, here's how you live well. The Ten Commandments are really about how we live together as God's people. And then in in the exile, God calling people back together. And in Christ, calling the new people of God. And it's never about the individual. Certainly, I need to respond to the call of Jesus on my life. But I don't do that journey on my Pat Malone. Never. 
Jesus doesn't call Peter. He he gets a, a group together and he brings those disciples together. And it's always about we do this journey together because God is, if we believe in the idea of the Trinity, God is community. And in that fabulous shared oneness, we get to see what real community could be like for us as God's people. So uh, deep and profound when you start to think about uh, God. God is a trinity, and within the Godhead there is this relational community and uh, and something that we need to perhaps have a deeper understanding of if we're going to appreciate how we work in community with God. So if we are made in the image of God and part of that nature of God is this shared oneness, that communion is part of what our church ought to look like. If it reflects the image of God, then there's that wonderful sense of a belonging that goes, yeah, beyond what we have words for. But that's when people look at a community of Christians and they go, I want a slice of that action. That's the kind of people that, that, how does Paul put it in Romans 12? He said, you know, we're all parts of the body and we actually belong to one another. Wow, that's great. And as I say, I, I listen to Vision Radio and I think, and you guys, in some wonderful way, on air, are helping people who might be at home on their own to be a part of that bigger thing. We'll enlarge on that some more as we go with our conversation this hour. And uh, if you'd like to be part of our conversation, if you'd like to comment on that, if you've got a question for our special guest, Phil Smith, today, you feel free to call us 1-800-316-316. Phil, let's talk about your career so far, because (laughs) these days you're a community pastor and your church is called Bell's Church on the Sunshine Coast. And uh, you're also campus minister at the Unity College, which is a Christian college there on the Sunshine Coast. I mentioned that you were formerly an ABC radio personality. Uh, tell us about your, your career in communications and what's taken you into this ministry role. Okay, maybe it's all about story. Maybe storytelling is the thing that's consistent over um, the years. I'm a grandfather. Uh, that's probably what identifies me most. I'm, I get to the joy of being Kayleen's husband and Beck and Jess's dad and uh, granddad to Tilly and Pippa, and two fabulous sons-in-law. So that's kind of where I fit within that sense of family and belonging. Um, Look, I came out of high school not really knowing what I wanted to do, but I thought being a TV journalist, that looked pretty good. (laughs) Um, So I ended up at uh, at college, and I I did my initial degree, a Bachelor of Arts with Media and Communications in uh, what was then the Capricornia Institute of Advanced Education before it became Central Queensland University. And I worked in um, television news and current affairs uh, for, for quite a while and then commercial radio. And then um, ABC, and, and then I left and went to the military for a while. And uh, I worked in information operations and so on with the Royal Australian Air Force. Served in places such as Bougainville toward the end of the Civil War there um, before the truce was signed. Um, a, tour, a couple of tours of duty in East Timor. Uh, my last probably major um, overseas deployment with them was the Boxing Day tsunami. And that's 10 years ago now. Um, and I was in Arche for six weeks after that, and then came back to ABC Radio and uh, and worked as a breakfast weekend host uh, for quite a while. Uh, and during the course of that time, some theological training and and beginning to sense that uh, the story that needed to be told was uh, was the story of of the good news of Jesus Christ. Some opportunities came up to work part time in media and part time in uh, in the school at Caloundra. 
and that has now grown into this point of uh, of being the neighbourhood pastor and planting a church, if you like, to use the, that phrase. And you're on the opposite side of the desk this time because ordinarily you'd be sitting in the seat that I'm sitting in and uh, pushing the buttons and watching the flashing lights, but, uh, but uh, great to have you as our guest on 2020 and talking about these things when we talk about discovering ancient uh, ideas, ancient expressions of church and uh, bringing about a freshness for what church ought to look like today. And you've been doing some research in these areas. What have you come across that makes the church today look so different uh, to what we might look at as seeing the church from the book of Acts back into the first century? I think there's a couple of things, and the most significant one is cultural. Uh, we have been for so many decades now, well, certainly since uh, the time of Federation, in this country, um, had the idea that the Christian church is at the centre of society and the community revolves around us. And, of course, that's not the story from the Book of Acts. The Book of Acts is that there's a society that is incredibly pluralistic um, where the emperor himself says, hey, I'm God. You know, uh, saviour, king and lord was what the emperor applied to himself. And then Jesus' people say, well, saviour, king and lord. Uh, I know there's somebody else in this game here. And, and so they're on the outside. They're a minority group, and they need to, to learn to follow the way in a society that doesn't just make space for them. And that's an interesting thing. So then what have, what have you got there? Well, you don't have all the flashing lights, and you don't have access to all the, um, the, the, the center of society type of stuff. You need to be ticking away one-on-one, building communities of faith, uh, doing the journey of life with people and changing lives and gathering those groups together. So we have then somehow turned that dial around. Well, it, it comes with Constantine saying that Christianity can be an official religion. And we've come to understand in much of the Western world that, well, politics ought to follow us and society ought to follow us and moral values ought to be based on us. And we have assumed those things, not taken them as something that we need to work at, but just an assumed. And that is not the way it is anymore. Read the census data. So we have gone back now or are going back to a point where we're a minority group in a pluralist society and we don't have the right to insist that everything spins our way. We need to follow Jesus day by day in a circumstance that might not just be comfortable for us. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Just great to have you along with us. It is 2020. Neil with you and our special guest this hour is Phil Smith, formerly an ABC radio personality. These days, he's extended his uh, circle of influence into a spiritual focus, a spiritual leadership in the sense of a community pastor at Bell's Church in the Sunshine Coast in Queensland and campus minister at the Unity College. Uh, Phil, there's something special that your church is doing that actually has a, a tremendous impact, and it's and it's not all about bright lights and it's not all about loud music. It's about really doing something that can be a blessing to individuals. You've got someone uh, who's part of your church uh, who is knitting beanies and bed socks. Tell us about the beanies and the bed socks. Well, it's an interesting thing, and and the way these things come about. Now, this lady is not somebody who worships with us regularly. It's somebody who knows of us and uh, has been through the experience of chemotherapy. And so therefore, you know, beanies, you lose your hair, 
And, and a beanie is a really cool thing. And if you're in bed and you get pressure sores on your feet, knitted bed socks or, you know, if you can't afford um, sheepskin boots, that's a really helpful thing. So this dear lady has, you know, three bags of these things and she hears about BELLS. BELLS is actually an acronym. We're in Bell Vista and BELLS Reach. It stands for Belonging, Eating, Listening, Learning and Serving. So she says, these folks will know. So she rings up and says, hey, I, I need to get these to people who need them. And I figured you could help. What does Paul tell us in Colossians? In Jesus, the answer is always yes. <laughs> yep. So I go, yeah, sure. I got no idea. But we'll find a way. And so that's the way we function. We say yes, and then we find some other people who are, you know, the kind of people that we can partner with and, and might help us out with that. And I thought, I'm coming down here. I might just see if there's anybody else around Australia. Perhaps if you know somebody who's going through chemotherapy. I know it's coming into summer, but still, you get cold. Um, we've got small, medium, and large beanies and booties, and maybe if you'd give us a call, you know, we'll just post them to you. Well, I can tell you how this can work today. If you do know someone who's going through chemotherapy at this time, here's your opportunity to receive either a beanie or some bed socks. Or, we'll do them in sets. Or we'll do them in sets, beanie and bed socks, because even in, in the hot weather, uh, Phil, you were saying that, uh, that people who are going through chemo actually feel the cold, even when it's hot. Apparently so. One of my uh, nursing friends said to me, oh, yeah, you're sitting there in that chair getting the, the stuff run through you while you're sitting in the air conditioning. Okay, well, you might even be going through that chemo yourself. As you're listening into our conversation, you think, well, I'd like to be the recipient of the love of that lady who's been knitting these beanies and bed socks. Well, you can call us too on our number, our talkback line, which is 1-800-316-316. Now, you might like to contribute to our conversation. If you don't, John, who's taking some calls for us today, will take your number and we'll get back to you this afternoon and we'll get all your details so we can get some beanies and bed socks in the mail to you. Now, that could be good for you if you're going through chemo, but if you you know someone who's going through chemo, battling cancer right now, well, you might like to, on your next visit to them, be able to take something in your hand as a gift, and you'll be able to give that as a gift of love uh, that comes from Phil's community there on the Sunshine Coast. Uh, 1-800-316 is our number, 1-800-316, if you'd like to be the recipient of a beanie or some bed socks. Let's take some calls. Uh, Diane is in New South Wales. Hello, Diane. Welcome along to 2020. Hello. Um, I'm glad to be here. Um, I listen to your program often, and this is the first time I've called up. Um, I like the sense, I like the sense of an old-fashioned church where friendships can be made, long-lasting friendships can be made, and I had that had the personal experience with that. And um, Sometimes the bells and whistles can be hiding something. So the old-fashioned church and the old-style the old style way of teaching and sense of community you can get, that friendships, long-term friendships can be formed and made and relished. And lifelong, And as I'm trying to say, is with these lifelong friendships, um, you, you may even leave the church and go to another church, but you that you can still be friends with the people from previous churches. So, Diane, I think you know, you've really you've touched on something there that is so important. I mean, what is it for us to, um, to only see somebody on Sunday? Or what is it for us to have somebody that, you know, when my wife won't talk to me at 2 o'clock in the morning, 
I know that there are other people I can call. That's family. That's church. That is belonging together in a way that goes well beyond I sit in a pew and I look at the back of Neil's head and I do that because I sit in the same pew every Sunday and Neil always sits in the same pew every Sunday. And and then afterwards we go back, we drive 40 minutes or whatever to where we live. Now, you know, there are people for whom that is a, a good and a useful experience. But for us to enter into a place of grace where we know and are known, that is, that is risky, uh, it's challenging, but it's powerful Christian living. As you say, people are going to have to get to know me warts and all. I'm going to have to trust you, Diane, when we, when we actually share meals together, when we, we help one out during the week, when we carpool or when I mow your lawn because you're feeling crook. Those are the things that will test our relationship and our serving Jesus. Diane, let me ask everything because I, I listen to your program all the time. So I, I, I take, I actually make time out and put the radio on and listen to your show all the time. So that's wonderful, Diane. Diane, let me just ask you a question though about making friends in church. How long did it take you in your local church to actually get those friendships really firing along so that you felt as though you had a close friend in your local church? Well, it took me three years for the for the church up here, but I, I'm still in contact with friends in Victoria, and they've been friends for, for 20 years or 30 years, and I'm still in contact with them. Yep, fabulous. Well, Diane, thanks so much for your input today here on 2020, and uh, really appreciate you listening in. Diane from New South Wales. And uh, our guest is Phil Smith, formerly an ABC radio personality in Queensland, now a community pastor at the Bells Church on the Sunshine Coast. He's also campus minister at Unity College. We're talking about rediscovering some of those ancient ways that people related. And we go back to the book of Acts and uh, some of those New Testament epistles about the way that people in the first century actually uh, saw the spread of the church continue to, uh, to spread out around what was the Roman Empire. Uh, because there were friendships. And, of course, Jesus said, uh, there's some ways that you'll be known to be my disciple, Phil. And that, uh, of course, loving one another. Well, that's it. And how does Jesus love? You know, love one another as I have loved you. So what is the nature of Christ's love for us? Well, it's sacrificial. It is going. It is coming to dwell amongst us. It is sharing life with us. It is... Um, yeah, it, it's got commitment. It is a love that says, I'm going to Jerusalem. Are you coming? Uh, and you know it's at the end of that. You know, that's that's love one another in a way that is a lot more than just, Neil, mate, you know, I know you're on Facebook. Um, no, this is this is stuff that, and, and he said, here's an interesting thing. When Jesus says that, love one another as I have loved you, the paragraph before that, Judas has just got up from the table and gone to betray him. Jesus makes that statement, and then Peter says, yeah, but I'll, I'll never do that. And Jesus says, yeah, right. Yeah, wait till tomorrow morning, Pete. That's right. And yet I love you. In the midst of everything from betrayal to disappointment to confusion and the struggle that's going on there, because that's real life, Jesus says, love one another. We'll, we'll get our hands on all this stuff. And it's not tidy, and it's not neat, and it's got sharp, thorny bits to it, but let's stick together. Love each other as I have loved you. Wow. Big stuff. You know, what I can hear you say, Phil, is that church on Sunday is not the be-all and end-all. It's the starting point. You're in the blocks at church on Sunday. Now the responsibility comes into how you make friends, uh, like Diane was sharing, and actually doing life together. 
Well, the Book of Acts is that whole thing. And what we do on Sunday is reenact the routine of, of God's purpose for us. We gather, we encounter God, we respond to that, and then God sends us out. So at the end of, you know, that's what happens every time you come to church. We get together, we hear the word, spoken word of God, we respond to that in some way, and then whoever's leading this thing says, bless you all, off you go. And that's the point at which Jesus says, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And Acts is a sent people. This is the Holy Spirit saying, go on, get out there. By the way, I've already gone on ahead of you. By the time you get to Athens, you will have worked out that, that I'm already at work out here, but come on. And, and so we must go and not just say, oh, well, we'll stay here and hope more people come next week. No, no, no. Our job is to get out there and go to the pub with our neighbor. And it's to um, get involved. You know, why do we have a men's fellowship when there's a perfectly good men's shed? Um, yeah, you know, ask yourself some really hard questions about how much effort, how many of us have friends outside the life of church? And if we don't establish those connections, will those people ever come to church, to use that phrase? Is there a sense in which we sometimes think of church as being separate to what we do in the real world? And uh, I'm waiting for my church to start the men's group that I can be part of. Uh, so I won't go to the men's shed down the road that's you know full of a whole bunch of guys from the community. Uh, this sort of separation, that's something we've got to go overcome, isn't it? Oh, it is. It, absolutely. I mean, uh, upstairs at the staff meeting, you mentioned before, we're talking about that. Um, Teresa of Alvea, what's that? The 6th century? She writes and says, I will find God today amongst the pots and pans. You know, let's, let's understand that God is there in the everyday. God is one. This is the whole earth is the Lord. Psalm 24 tells us that. And everything in it. And all the people are his. So God's out there at work, and we're just sort of sitting back. No, no, get out there. Get in. You, you will find that the Holy Spirit's tapping people on the shoulder, creating opportunities. Are you going to walk into those opportunities? So, yeah, it is about us being sent people and being out there instead of saying, well, let's, let's be comfortable. Let's have our holy world, and then there's the rest of the world. No, no, no. The whole earth is God's, and we're called to be out there and engaged in it. It's Neil with you, 2020, the Wednesday edition. Phil Smith, our guest this hour, and talking through discovering some of those ancient practices that were at work in the early church and how they might find fresh expressions in the church in Australia today. 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to join into our conversation. Phil, let's take another call. Rosemary is in Melbourne. Hello, Rosemary. Welcome along to 2020. Oh, hello, Neil. Good to hear from you, Rosemary. What are your That's thoughts right. on our topic of conversation today? Um, I, I'm just thinking, uh, just you just go about your day, whatever that might be, and uh, you are not so much looking for who is your friend, but as Jesus does and would do, who can I be a friend to as I go about my day, which would be whatever is a part of your day, having been to church at some point in your week, uh, listen to the other people around you as you go about your day rather than talking yourself. What a, what a fabulous, and, and there it is. That, that is an outgoing instead of an incoming understanding. That is instead of saying, everybody else come to me, 
this is Jesus says, well, I'll I'll go to that village and I'll go there and I will go to people. And that is so right. I mean, what does Paul tell us? Real worship is the living sacrifice of your life seven days a week. So as you say, worship together, that's what fuels us and feeds us. But then out we go. And we've got two ears, only one mouth. Listening probably has a lot more than speaking. And Rosemary, what I can hear you saying there is you're actually intentional about finding that new friend rather than not expecting to find the friend. You know, you might be, you certainly wouldn't be rude to your own friends and you wouldn't want to ignore them because they're a part of your community, but you're actually on the lookout to embrace someone else. Would that be the way that you'd think of things, Rosemary? Well, you know that you have challenges and you know that people who don't know the Lord or have trouble trying to find the Lord or are trying to find the Lord but they can't seem to find him, you know that they're struggling, so therefore you care about them, and they're everywhere, and so you listen to them rather than giving them a lecture, because they're suffering as you go about your day, and then respectfully, if they want to say something to you, again you listen, and then God... Yep, Rosemary... Shows them acceptance and love. That's a great expression of love. And Rosemary, thanks so much for being part of 2020 today. 1 800 316 316, if you'd like to be part of our conversation. Let's take another call. Graham is in Tasmania. Hello, Graham. Welcome along to 2020. Hello. Graham, what are your thoughts? Yes, in the early church, people were hearing the gospel and they wanted salvation and they wanted peace in their life. There's so many people want peace in their life. And we seek God and we go to a a church and from there we need (coughs) to grow in God by studying the Bible deeply and we meet like-minded people who want to talk about Scripture and we get closer to people in that manner. Of course, we should love our brethren, our our fellow man. And these are the things that we, we need to do to draw closer to God, to come to understand what God's about and to look into Scripture, how to live our lives to find strength, endurance, and uh, that to, to please God and to get to be strong in the faith. Graham, how did, how did, where does it start? This drawing close to God, I guess, is the start because you're not even going to be aware of the spiritual challenges that others might be facing if you aren't aware that uh, your relationship with God is something that you need to work on each day. Well, you... You do. You, that comes from, I think, God drawing people to Him, that they want to get close to God. They want a peace within their mind and with God, to uh, have peace from forgiveness of their sins, and that there is a rest place with God. That He will look after us, <coughs> strengthen us, and protect us. And we, we people need to get above just meeting people and going to service for, to hear the band or just to meet the nice girls, or have nice friends. It's deeper than that. It's spiritual. To draw closer to God again, and to to spiritual-like-minded people. That gives you a a joy. You can talk about Scripture and get closer to God in that way. I think, Graham, I've got to say, I uh, I did meet a beautiful girl at church, and uh, we're married now. 30 years. Um, so, you know, there is something to be said for meeting beautiful girls at church. However, uh, let me add to that, and, and let me put the cat among the pigeons here. Um, the first century church didn't have the Bible. They didn't have Scripture. 
particularly those people who were Gentiles, woohoo, outsiders, oh, don't have anything to do with them. And God says, yeah, you do actually. Um, so they haven't even read the Old Testament. They don't have the Gospels and the letters yet. And yet somehow people who are following Jesus have heard that story and their lives are meshing with those other people and they're on the journey. And I think part of that for us that's the challenge today is that language question. And I think Graham, you know, used some interesting words there. If if I if somebody is is seeking after a relationship with God, and that's that's the best that they can say it. Look, I just need to know that there's a God maybe who loves me, right? I have to get outside Christianese. I have to get away from, you know, the language that we use that we take for granted that these people just might not understand. And that's when I, I read the scripture in a whole new way and I think to myself, so Jesus talks about growing seeds in a garden. Oh, yeah, okay, it really is that. And, and then they can get a grip on that and then we can talk and find that common ground and find that language that isn't all the stuff that we have developed over the years. Graham from Tasmania, thanks so much for your input today here on 2020. 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to be part of our conversation or if you'd like to take advantage of uh, the love of one lady who's connected to Phil Smith's church who has knitted some beanies and bed socks for people who are particularly going through a time when they're facing that battle against cancer and having to go through chemotherapy. And and people, even in the hottest conditions, can still feel the cold when they're going through chemo. So if you'd like to take advantage of that, 1-800-316-316. We'll take your name and number and we'll get some uh, some bed socks and some beanies in the mail to you. Uh, interestingly, from some of these calls that we've been taking, uh, Phil, uh, the way that we think about people's facades, people have all sorts of stresses, struggles, they don't have peace in their life, but oftentimes behind a smile and a bit of makeup, uh, people can hide this side of them that really does need this message of good news that we bring as people who carry this gospel. You reckon that's just people outside the church? Well, people in the church as well. Exactly. But, yes. My friend John Lynch uh, from Truefaced talks about taking off our masks. You know, you walk you walk into the gathering on Sunday, uh, whether it's the kind of dinner church that we do, we gather around a table and we share a big meal and that's how we do our thing, or whether it's in a large auditorium. You walk in and I say, Neil, how are you? And you say? I'm good. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Or fine. Fine. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I don't stop and ask you, really? And if you are, sure, tell me the good stuff. But if you're not, do you know me well enough and trust me well enough to say, well, actually, Phil, doing it a bit tough this week. Have we got time? Can we get together for a coffee or something? You know, That's when the acid test hits, when we're prepared to take off our masks and live in that place of grace where we know and are known. And, and that's, that's the kind of place where, where I want to be in a fellowship, when, when somebody might even trust me and when I know I can trust them, and and we'll we'll talk this stuff through. It's a bit like you know, mental health month was only you know well just just about finished I think. Yep. But you know we're it was ask again. Are you okay, mate? Are you really okay, mate? You know I actually do love you. You know I want to love as Jesus loved. How you doing? 
But then you need to be that person of integrity who can keep confidences and all of that uh, all of that teaching that we receive in church about gossip and all those sorts of things that can be very detrimental in church life. You have to be that person of in- integrity so that you can actually be a bearer of this good news to that person who's seeking. And that's part of what shapes community, again, to that point where people looking in go, that's a community that's got integrity. That, that, yeah, that's that's... That's solid. I want to be a part of that. Paul writes to the Corinthians, and they were some of the most seriously messed up people. They had some really <laughs> weird stuff going on in that church. And yet, that's, those two letters remain for us. You know, a story of church that, that's got all that stuff going on, and yet there's the Spirit of God at work binding those people together. Donnie is in Brisbane. Hello, Donnie. Welcome along to 2020. Hey. Hey, uh, how are you going, Neil? Good, Donnie. What are your thoughts on our discussion today? Uh, just a question. Now, Phil and Neil for yourself as well. Um, you introduced this topic as ancient ways. Um, my question is, why has it become ancient? Why aren't they current? <laughs> that's a real good question, and that's one that uh, that I think you know that that's the journey for me that we're trying to discover. How is it that we have reduced Christianity? to religion and consumerism, where I choose a church on the basis of the theology that suits me, the music that suits me, the location that suits me, the kind of people who are my class of people and they have the same kind of cars as me in the car park, where it's all about me. How has it gotten to that when that's Mm. not what it was? When Paul writes and says, in Christ there is... No slave and no free, no male, no female, you know, no Jew and no Gentile. And you people belong around the table together, as weird as this may be, you know, lefties and conservatives. Oh, my word. Yes. How is it that we might have those ancient ways, uh, again, instead of this thing that says, I like a church that suits me, Donnie? And Donnie, if I was, sorry. Well, I'll just, yeah, the question, isn't it concerning as a Christian that this is if this is the way that Jesus, you know, wanted the church to be like, that we veered off course so much from what it should be like. Donnie, I, I was going to add, and I think contributes to what your comment is there, that each generation has to rediscover these ancient ways afresh because, you know, what our parents learned, we don't always pick up and don't, that doesn't necessarily become part of who we are, part of our, our character, part of our makeup. And I guess uh, every generation and at every point, someone has to go through a uh, maturing where they actually do discover that there are some ancient pathways, that there are some ancient ways that we relate to one another, and that there are some ancient principles that come from the book of Acts and from those New Testament epistles that would apply to us now, because it's very easy to lose track of some of those ancient uh, communal fellowship ways that we can read about in the book of Acts. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. It's Neil with you on 2020. Our special guest this hour is Phil Smith. These days, Phil is a community pastor at a church called Bell's Church on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. He's also a campus minister at the Unity College there on the Sunshine Coast. We're talking about some of these ancient expressions that draw people to community together, to do life together. 1-800-316-316, our number if you'd like to be part of our conversation. Time for a call or two more. Let's hear from Donna in Western Australia. Hello, Donna. Welcome along to 2020. 
Hello, how are you? Good, Donna. What are your thoughts? I am... Um, I've been thinking about this a lot. I didn't grow up in a churched family, but my mum was a Christian. And I thought most people knew about God, but um, I got married into a farming community and they were very loving. And then the Christian eventually um, prayed for me to come to church. But um, I just thought about the friendliness and openness to God. Um, in a farming community, it's very friendly and the church people often include the farmers next door and if they're sick, they pray for them and they just, it's just like a community because it's small. Donna, I, you know, you are onto something there that is just so important. You know, let me ask everybody who's listening, do you know your neighbours? Do you know their name? Do you know how they have their cup of tea or coffee? You know, have you had them over to your place for a barbecue? Really? Uh, and yet, we'll, we'll, drive, we'll drive right past them to go to church. Uh, yeah, Donna, you're onto something that's really powerful there. And if Christians become salt in that environment and leaven in that environment, you've already got relationship. These are the people nearest to you. Yeah, that, we ought to be right there. Donna, fabulous comments. You were going to add? Well, I've been thinking about this a lot. I moved to um, Albany. It's a little city, but um, I don't know if it's because it's a city or a small town. Um, it's a lot more closed off, and I, I think it's spiritual over the, you know, what do you call it, um, a spiritual thing as well. You need to pray for the cities and towns mm-hmm. to be a lot more friendly, as well. Yep. And sometimes you get a bit closed off because you're, there's a lots of people, and that. Um, I don't think it's just us not being friendly. Sometimes it's because whatever's hanging around, you know, mm. <laughs> you know what I mean, spiritually. Yeah. Some great points in there, Donna, and one uh, I'm picking up on, and I'll get Phil's comment, the idea that you might be from a smaller town, and of course Albany's not that small, but uh, you might be from a smaller town, you might be part of a smaller church. You might even feel as though somehow or other because your church is small that it's somehow inferior or you think of big city churches or what's called mega churches these days, and uh, you think that that's the ideal. And for a lot of ministers who are planting churches, the idea of a big church equals viability. Uh, and and for some, uh, you know, there's some levels of uh, kudos uh, with having a big church. But, but really what we're hearing from yourself, Donna, and from others is that uh, those small groups is where you find a real expression of love. And if you happen to be part of a big church, You've still got to find a smaller community that can be intimately loving. What are your thoughts, Phil Smith? How often have we critiqued others and said, well, they've fallen into the ways of the world, you know, sinful behavior? I wonder if sinful behavior and the ways of the world includes that I come home and I roll down my roller door and I stay behind my seven-foot timber fence and I watch my TV at night and I, I just don't connect and... You know what's that about? If God has put me in that place, then you know there is there is work for me to do, and there it is. And I know the statistics are something like twenty um, percent of the Australian population changes its address every fourteen months. That's how transient we've become. What would it be for us to say, "I'm committed to this neighbourhood. This is where I belong. This is where I will be in Christ." 
and I will live and breathe and have my being in Christ in this neighbourhood. We belong together in a wider context, and this is where we'll be church, and we'll be here. Now, that's a commitment, and that's that's something that takes a little bit of, okay, we're in this for the long haul. Donna from WA, thank you so much for your input today here on 2020. And uh, we may or may not have time uh, for another call. If you if you call us now, 1-800-316-316, might be still time to, uh, uh, to talk through some more of those things that you might like to share as part of this conversation today. Uh, the idea of... Uh, of people being so transient, uh, moving around. You say one in five, uh, shifting every 14 months. Uh, the idea that if it doesn't work out for me, and it might only be a small percentage of the population, if it doesn't work out for me, I'll just move on to somewhere else. Uh, but with the idea that, uh, you know, as soon as I come up against a little bit of conflict, uh, something doesn't really work out, I don't agree with this, that or the other, that I'll move on. Uh, there is a certain attitude adjustment, I guess we all need, to say, I want to be planted to prosper. I want to be in a single place and put down my roots here so my family can grow and, and be, be part of the community. And, and isn't it interesting? Our, maybe our parents, certainly our grandparents, had that understanding. A house was a home. It wasn't an investment. It wasn't an asset. And as soon as it gets to be worth something more, I'll flog it and borrow some more, bigger mortgage, and have another house in a better, a better neighborhood. And I'm afraid that our understanding of church has come to reflect that understanding of suburbia. And so what we're actually doing is reshaping church in the image of our Western materialist world. I recently had the opportunity to stay for a week in the monastery at New Norcia, Benedictine Monastery. Those people who come to that make promises, three promises, and they think very carefully before they make these. Stability, obedience, conversion. Stability says, I belong amongst these people. This is the community to which I'll commit the rest of my life. You'll bury me over there in the cemetery with the others. Wow. Now, that's a big call, and that's a monastic life. But how might we learn from that? When I come to faith and belong in amongst a group of people, I'll be with you. When it's going tough and when it's not. When there's offering in the plate and when there's not. When the pastor leaves, I'm staying. That's a big call. Obedience that says this isn't all about me. When the community of the people of God discerns God's will, I will, yes, okay, I'll stay. And, and we'll contribute and we'll do the hard stuff together, but I won't walk out. And what's conversion? It's not just the moment that I say, yep, okay, I'm born again. Now, this is a lifelong process shared with others in which I become more like Christ year in and year out. And come the end of my life, and Phil, not all of us will take some time out of our lives to spend a few weeks going and living in a community that has those sorts of ideals. Uh, you said you did that, and you bring out of that a, a certain level of richness that says, I have a different and a fresh appreciation of what community is because you had that opportunity to be in an intensive situation where communal life was all about caring for one another. So, you know, we've asked the question, how can we take those practices that those ones go back to the fourth century? How do we find those practices of the book of Acts? How do we perhaps say, all right, we can't live exactly that way in our daily lives where I commute to the city for my job and whatever else. But what are the principles from that that could be applied to our life as gathered people of God, the church? And when I talk about the church, I am not talking about the building uh, we're talking about the people. Our language needs to be about 
the community of the people of God gathered to worship and share life with others around them. I can hear a few brains rattling and a few objections rising that say, Phil, I think what you're saying is sounding good, but I'm just too busy. You know, we've got a huge mortgage on the house. Uh, we've got cars to support, <laughs> not not to mention family. Uh, but my life is so busy, I hardly have time to scratch myself. Uh, how am I going to get myself free from all of this busyness so that I could actually experience the richness of the sort of community that you're talking about? Yeah, good question. You work on that, man. <laughs> uh, and that's it, you know. You said you've got cars, yep. plural, to support. Really? Yep. <laughs> and, a huge, and a huge mortgage. Okay, yeah, that's true. But could our lives be simpler? You know, and it might take us some thinking and it might take a year or three. But, yeah, do our lives need to be as cluttered as they are? Or is following Jesus a fairly stripped down and simple way of life? We are running short of time, uh, but Phil, the way that your church is functioning and, uh, you know, you're there on the Sunshine Coast, uh, a community pastor, it's not a typical type of a church, uh, but just very quickly, how do things look when you're actually trying to build this sort of community in your church? We, uh, we gather for a meal on Sunday, so it's dinner church. And at the moment, that's about 40 people, and that's probably about as many as you can have around the table, but it feels like family dinner. Everybody's there. And uh, and when we break bread, that's part of that. And so the discussion around the table and, and, you know, my responsibility is to break open the word. But what I'm really dreaming of, we've been together 14 months, but that would be replicated in other places, that we we might learn what it is to gather at the pub what it is to be in the community garden where we're partnered with the local community association. When it comes time for carols at Christmas time, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Lots of ways you can build community. And if you'd like to connect with Phil Smith, his Facebook is probably the best way to go. Facebook.com slash Bells Calandra. B-E-L-L-S, Calandra. Calandra, of course, is on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. Phil Smith, it's been a pleasure getting your insights today. We'll do this again another day, but thanks so much for being with us on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.